Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. with another episode of the Shades of Blue Soccer Show. My name is Cody Bradley, Thad Bell is here, and we're joined by the Sporting Kansas City broadcast crew, Nate Bucati and Jacob Peterson, two Kansas City staples here with us. What's going on, gentlemen? How are you guys? Good to be with you. We're feeling very good. I'm still rolling off of that win last night, a one to nothing win. Uh, yeah, so we got Sporting Kansas City is good again. We're going to talk about that. We've got national team. Nate is here. We have to talk about some national team and Leeds United States becoming much watched soccer every weekend now. But you guys have to give us a minute. Give me and Nate a minute here to relive the moment of brilliance <laughs> in the sport in the Kansas City Current media game the other night. Hey, that was you. You shook me off one time, and that was it. Was good. You made a good decision then, and it was just the the time where we connected. It just made sense. You looked up, we locked eyes, you sent in a, a perfect ball right on top of my head, and, and I sent it to the corner past a, uh, an in-awe Mike Kuhn. It in was, uh, it, I have to say, I was very impressed with your, with your finish because uh, that was a very well-taken header. And when you're playing in a media game, you're not really sure what the relative skill level is going to be of, uh, of anyone around you. You know, you, you, for the most part, uh, you have very low expectations. But uh, we spoke before the game, and I, I, I could tell by your attitude that you were going to have confidence if the ball got to you in the penalty area. So um, it was uh, – yeah, it, this is – I heard you say this on your guys' podcast last week that uh, the beautiful thing about team sports – and I would say soccer being at the top of the list is the way these connections happen organically in the course of, a, of, a, of just these, these, these moments that you don't get to script out. And uh, that was certainly one of those moments. I know Jacob is incredibly impressed he, with the performance by me and you. He just yeah, he's cute. I love he, 
he couldn't stop talking about how amazing we were at the sport of soccer. I mean, it was really, he was really blown away. I think I, I don't want to speak for Jacob, but I think that's how he felt about the yeah, whole situation. This all, becomes, this all becomes way less cool when a, when a professional athlete. Is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've heard Nate talk about this goal constantly <laughs> since last Friday. I was talking with Allie throw Spartan about it. I said, if I hear Nate tell the story one more time, I'm going to lose it. Well, I think you just heard well, it one here, more time. Hey, man. Here, we, here we are. I mean, I can go into greater detail if we need to. No, it's a, Nate, you, you were, you were, you set up before the game, you were trying to make some lifetime memories that night for that group of girls there. You were trying to make some lifetime soccer fans. And, and I think you may have succeeded in some of that. Well, the, the and totally ignored you. Was, uh, I yeah, yes ignored me yeah <laughs> <laughs> well look I knew that Cody was going to get his moment to celebrate the goal and all of his teammates were going to congratulate him I needed to make sure that I went over and congratulated the glowing dragons because also with fifth grade girls I've been spending the last five years trying to convince them to actually pass the ball <laughs> um, and so like having an assist was even better for me than if I had scored the goal. So I had to go do that. But, um, you know, I, I, fi I figured this out by spending time around Jacob. Um, you guys, I'm not trying to brag too much here, but you might be talking to the greatest media game slash fantasy camp performer in Kansas city sports history. Uh, be because, and here's why. I finally just have gotten to the point where I am completely in acceptance of the fact that all I am is a nerd who wished he could be a great athlete. And I maxed out at being a slightly below mediocre high school athlete in multiple sports, you know, and I'm actually very proud of the fact that I was able to play some high school sports, even though I wasn't really that good at any of them. But when you get to the media level, that makes you like one of the best athletes out exactly. there, hands down, you know, so I have found my niche. This is the place where I was met. And also I'm clearly attention starved and, and, and need as much attention as I can possibly get at all time. And so you put me on a field would just could only have in my wildest dreams been allowed to play on with a real uniform on with people in the stands and the jumbotron going, I'm going to give it everything I've got. And, you know, all these other people that want to act like, oh, I'm too cool for that. Good for you, because I'm not too cool for that at all. And, uh, you know, my record stands for itself. You know, I mean, this is just the latest, honestly, Cody, in a long line of triumphs in, in sporting events like this for me. That's, That's the truth. I think I think we we can develop a partnership for years to come here. And <laughs> I think it's a connection we should look for in the future. And then there's Jacob, who's like, so yeah, you 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 had an assist in a media game. Awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> I, I, honestly, hearing this story so many times, I think I'm gonna play in the next media game and just man mark Nate. Just That's take him out of the game. And, and and Jake, you are on my team, man. You are an honorary Blue Testament member. You are on my team. Just letting you know I, that right now. I got you, Thad. We'll we'll uh We'll play center backs I, together. I, I do want you to know that when I went to Mark Cody, because he was like on the post on a corner kick, he just like vacated that area because he knew I had fouled the ever-loving crap out of him. Matt Beesler told me it was a good goal, and Jake, you're not going to take that away from me. Hey, it was um, a good goal. I will, I, and which part I of the head did it come it off so of? So many times, I would be <laughs> congratulatory here, but I've just heard it so many times <laughs> that I 
just can't get over it. I think, it did you direct that ball or did it just bounce? Oh no, I, I nodded it. I nodded it for sure. Yeah, he, yeah, he did. But okay. And so, I, I will say this: I'm it. also that this big of a nerd that if I actually get to be man marked by Jacob the freaking answer Peterson in a soccer game, I will talk about that forever. I'm all, I'm playing soccer with Jacob Peterson. This is incredible. You know what I mean? I have no business being on the field with somebody like that. And it's win-win for you, and it's lose-lose right. for him. So. Oh, no. I don't know what I'm doing now. Yeah, see? Yeah, now you're, now you're in some trouble. <laughs> there we go. We're teasing the few, We're teasing the next next year's Kansas City current media game. There we go. And, and hey, there will probably be a Comets win this year. So ah, there well, we go. Let's go. Checking into boards. That make, that's an added aspect. <laughs> yeah. I still say it was off, though. All right, let's talk about some real soccer. Yes, Sporting Kansas City beat San Jose one to nothing last night. Uh, seeing the reactions on the bench afterwards got me believing again. I'm feeling very good about this. Um, yeah, the seeing seeing Johnny Russell just as excited as as after they had just scored a goal. They they know that every win, all three points matter from here on out, and that they're not eliminated yet. And you can't help but kind of look at the points right now, and I'm getting excited. It is. Right, so it, it's, go ahead, it's Jacob. Hard. You go first. It's hard because you don't want to – you basically have to win out, right? You might be able to lose one and, you know, hope for some things to happen. But it's tough to not kind of get wrapped up in the recent performances because they've been impressive and I think in different ways, right? Even the game down in Austin and the collapse wasn't great in the second half, but just the fact that we're scoring goals now at a high rate. And up until this past game, maybe it was the defensive side that, that wasn't great. But I thought defensively against the San Jose team, who is very dangerous, scores a lot of goals, especially out on the counter and in transition. And with the exception of an early shot from a Bobasi, uh, where Kukanovic got in and, and slid it across to Bobasi, Sporting really didn't give up anything defensively through the run of play. It was just playing out of the back um, where they you know, would make a poor pass and, and San Jose would get a chance that way. But even then, those weren't, you know, those were few and far between. So it, it was a really good defensive performance against a team that. I still would argue that they they're attacking you know front five front four especially are are in the upper echelons of major league soccer and the fact that sporting were so good defensively throughout the ninety minutes it is certainly a promising sign but it, it it's hard to to sit here and say, oh you know they're gonna be able to win out because in mls it, it's hard enough to win you know, one week, let alone you know six weeks in a row. And, you know, I'll say this. If, if Sporting go out to L.A. and down to Houston and get two wins, then I think mm -hmm. I'm going to start coming around to you, Cody. Mm -hmm. Man, you got to have hope, though. You got to have some optimism, right? I mean, even oh, if they right. don't do it, it gives it gives excitement for the end of the year. It's not a, okay, are we going to play for the wooden spoon or the, the, the second draft pick or whatever. It's There's a little bit of optimism. And you know, I know Peter has been saying all year, you know, the, the team struggling because they were missing two DPs, which everybody who follows soccer could understand. But I think a lot of people are now are going, Hey, yeah, two players really did make a lot of difference. Didn't it? 
Yeah, and the fact, like, Nate, or Jake, what you were saying there about it's not just that they've been scoring the goals, it's that they shut down that team specifically so well last night, which gives me a little extra, like, okay, maybe the defense is better than we've been thinking as, as, as well. So I uh, I just got done playing a round of golf this morning before we tape this podcast. And very nice uh, golf shirt, by the way, you're looking th- very spiffy. Thank you very much. The I'm a latecomer to the sport of golf. I hated it most of my life. So I'm like one of these pandemic golfers. But one of the things I'm learning about golf that translates to life, and I think this situation we're talking about is you really just have to focus on the next shot. You know, if I, if I start to like, if I birdie a hole, which doesn't happen very often, or I have a really good hole and I think to myself, oh man, look at me, I've got it figured out. You know, now I'm going to cruise and I'm going to, you know, that's usually when the next shot goes into the woods. Mm -hmm. And, um, on the flip side, if I have two or three bad holes in a row and I start getting mad at myself, um, that, that, you know, and and start thinking about, oh man, I just hit a bad shot. That's going to ruin my score. And I start calculating, what, what this hole is going to turn out to be before I even hit the next shot, I put myself in a bad position, right? And I think that, you know, also when you're playing well, you don't want to overthink what does it all mean. You just kind of want to ride it, you know, just, just keep your mind quiet and keep going. And that's actually one of the things I've been really impressed about this group of guys. They just seem to put their heads down and keep playing. I, I mean, think about how many devastating losses this team has had to deal with this year and hardships and injuries and other things. And each time they've had one of those, I've thought to myself, man, this might be the one where they finally can't get themselves emotionally off the mat for it. And they might just come out and, and have one of those stinkers of a game. And they come back and they play their butts off and they play hard and they might lose the game, but the the first half they're in the game, they're trying hard and everything. And, and um, you know, you talked about the reaction afterwards. I, I feel like that's what these guys are doing. Hopefully, you know, if you string enough good shots together, you have a good round. If they string enough good games together here at the end, maybe they'll be able to look up and say, yeah, look at us. We're in this thing. Um, but it seems to me like they're just going, look, we, we know we have a pretty good team right now. Let's go try to win a game this weekend, you know, and then see where we're at at the end of it. And um, I think that even if they do come up short of the playoffs, I get the sense that there is a belief on the field with these players that, hey, we, we've got something going here that even if it doesn't translate this year is going gonna, is gonna to be a springboard into next year. Um, I think the fans, I mean, I don't know about you guys, I've been blown away by the crowds the last few home yeah. games. For a team that's at the bottom of the table, this was a game against two of the, the, the two teams, two of the bottom three teams right. in the West. The crowd was incredible and they were into the game and they were cheering. And I think it's because they see what they've got out here too, all of a sudden. And for me, um, this team had shown all year that they could play with the best teams in MLS. They just couldn't score with them, you know? And once they got a couple guys that could fill in those two holes around the rest of these guys that have shown all year, they could play. Now all of a sudden you can play and score with these teams and you can, and that means you can beat all these teams. And it at least no matter what, at the very minimum, I feel like we've got a team worth watching for these last six games. Right. And that's kind of right now. It's like, Hey man, that's all I need to ask for. And if it, if it turns into a playoff run, that's a bonus. Yeah. Worth watching is definitely uh, like, you can't deny that. And the, 
the big thing for me is even if they don't make the playoffs, I, they can make this this run exciting here and turn the narrative of the season from, you know, the worst season in the history of the club to, you know, a, 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 se- a season of redemption where they showed this fight and claw of like a, a team that we want to watch all year, you know? And, and yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm excited for. You know, and, and Cody, can I jump in on that? I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's a big point. You know, I, I feel like there's been a lot of chatter this year about how the thing's broken you know they got to blow it up and 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 change the direction of the club and all this stuff and i'm thinking to myself god this team last year was one of the best teams in major league soccer they had a couple terrible injuries i I think you know and and what i think this has done has kind of shown the culture is still intact right that they weren't that far off because you can, if you just look at the results in the standings, you go, well, this team's a mile away from being, uh, being a competitor. And I think that's another thing they've shown is they're not that far off. Um, the, the culture and the organization still is a good culture and organization. And I think that's massive too, for the belief of the fan base, for the belief of the team and everything. Yeah. Even just that game last night might've shown enough, at least that it's like, they didn't just lay down and it, all of it, it did confirm everything you just said. So yeah, the, the last few games, at least they're, they're going to be fun. So I'm, I'm excited. Jake, you're getting quiet over there, man. I was about to say that to you, Thad. Aren't you excited? Give well, us some energy, buddy. You know, Nate, Nate just takes over and it's like, I mean, he has good <laughs> points. So it's like, Hey, just let him go. Um, but it, I mean, it is true. And I think you could, it's as a as a former player, right? And Nate said it, but the most and Peter says it all the time. It's the the most important game is the next game, and that's all that really matters. You can take a day or two to to celebrate this this game and you know the past two results, um, but then you know you flip that switch and it's on to LA and it's on to the next one, and that's all that matters. And it seems to me like it's kind of been night and day, right? Just the, the way that this team looks through the month of August compared to the first, whatever, five months of the season. And it's a lot of that is comes down to Willie Agata and and Eric Tommy, who, and I got to say, we've talked a lot uh, on our broadcast about Eric Tommy uh, before the game last night in our pregame stuff. But Eric Tommy was by far, by far the best player on the field last night. He yeah. he was incredible in, in all facets of the game. And, and he really deserved a goal or, or an assist or, or some sort of stat to show up because, you know, people around the league are, aren't going to really realize how good he was in, in that game. And he... 97% passing, which sometimes, you know, these, these stats can, can kind of get in the weeds and a little bit, if you're playing a safe pass or if you're a center back, you should have high, you know, a high passing accuracy, but Eric Tommy's playing a number 10 and he's got 97% passing while he led the team in, in chances created in key passes with four also led the team in duels and won 69% of those. He was just everywhere out on the field and it's performances like that, that get you excited, whether it's for this, this season down the stretch or for next season, Yeah, because he really has come in. And, and I mean, I, I knew, I, well, I thought I knew that he would do well, but 
even this, I think, is taking it to another level. And he's just, he's class. And you can see how it's, his relationship, I think, with Daniel is really starting to, to blossom. And it's that when one of those guys, you know, holds the width outside, the other one's inside. Or when Daniel comes inside, Eric knows to make that diagonal run, uh, which is how kind of how the whole goal was created, right? Daniel comes back. Tommy makes the run out out wide. Great little move to free himself up. Um, but it, it's little moments like that. And then also the relationship with, with Eric and with Roger, who's been playing out of his mind, I think, this past month also. And then Emmy Voltaire, who I think is is settling in really nicely at the six. And, and it's kind of answering, you know, that question that we've kind of been asking all, all season long of, you know, who's going to, Lock down that position, and Remy's been excellent, really, really good in that spot. And I think he was one of the main reasons too why San Jose didn't get out on the counter as many times as what probably we thought going into the game. But oh, whoa, we lost him mid sentence. But hey, going back to going back to you making too much sense. You just like dumped him there, Cody. (laughs) (laughs) Sounding too smart, had to get rid of him. Uh, Going back to Eric Tommy though, he. Am I the only one that is that is surprised that this guy, like, like he said, the best player on the field last night, this guy that is fresh out of the second Bundesliga, the second tier in Germany, and he's only been here for a couple months, and and he's you know he's juggling the ball in the box and doing bicycle kicks and and is one of the best players on the field. How that I I I was excited to get a new player, but but wow, I I'm amazed at how good he has been. I I didn't. He has to be exceeding expectations by a mile. I want to tell you guys something. I hope, I hope Jacob's okay with me telling you this. You know, you know, Jacob works in the scouting department now and is, is looking at guys all over the world and all this stuff. And when Sporting was getting ready to make the announcement that they signed him, he wouldn't tell me who it was or anything like that because I, I don't want to know any of the information I can't know because I, then I can't get in trouble for saying it. But he said – we got a guy, if this thing comes together, that is going to be an incredible player for us. And, and I said, you know, I've, I've heard people, we brought in mid midsummer guys in the past and I don't feel like a lot of them really hit the ground running. If they do pan out, it usually takes them a while and all this stuff. And he said to me, if this guy isn't really good for us, I don't know anything. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Like, I don't understand what makes a good soccer player. And I was like, dang, I mean, Jacob really likes this guy. And then, I mean, and and the dude hit, and I'm curious now, Jacob, that you've seen him play with this team. Do you think he's, is he, is he even better than the guy you were talking up to me before he got here? Or is, did you think, yeah, man, he's going to be this good right off the bat? Well, no, Uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to come in mid season and you said it there, but you know, sporting, you know, typically we don't bring in guys midseason because it's tough to to adapt to the group and, and to the system and to you know break up kind of that the the culture in the locker room and to get up but Eric's such an experienced pro and he uh, I don't know what happened when I got cut off there but uh, I only jumped in a little bit Cody I think he said second Bundesliga but he was playing in the Bundesliga at Stuttgart and was, you know as I that was leaving my mouth I was starting to doubt that yeah, he uh, he was playing and he was kind of, you know, in and out of Stuttgart. Um, 
but he is just a a physical monster and how he he treats his body and the physical shape that he's in and just his, his technical ability he kind of checks all the boxes but Nate no I mean you never really know right uh it doesn't you know and just because you're a great player does it, and you go into a new team doesn't mean that that's always going to be a success. You know, we see that all, all across the league, all across the world in soccer, where a great player comes in, has success at his former team, and for whatever reason, just can't can't you know have find that same success. And then he might leave that team and go on and, and find the same success that he had before. So it, it it's kind of always a wild card. But I think with with Eric, all of the intangibles too, and all of the people that that the scouting department spoke with and did their research and you know it, it i'm not surprised that he's succeeding but i think i'm surprised that it's been this seamless and, and just that how he's taken over kind of as being one of the the leaders on this team along with johnny and graham and roger and tim and, and the list goes on it, it's been it's been really good to see yeah when uh, just before uh, cody cut you off jake you said something about he is class and that's an exact term that I, while I was shooting the game last night, I turned to the guy next to me. I go, man, that was just class. I mean, like that's ex my exact quote. And we were, cause there, it was a little bit, I didn't shoot because I was a little bit dumbfounded. It just, I, I don't even remember what it was exactly now, but him dribbling through and, you know, maintaining control of the ball and dropping a, you know, a, a five foot pass to somebody that normally we don't see people in this league do that well. And it was, he's just doing so many good things as much as, Willie makes everybody happy because he's scoring goals and the joy and the smiles, backflips and everything else. I think Tommy is actually the much better addition at this point because he's he's a guy that's going to bring class maybe for years. Goal scorers kind of come and go sometimes in their their streaks, but midfielders can bring class game after game. This is the, the last the last thing I'll say about about Eric is. Obviously, we can see the the special qualities that he has, whether it's, you know, that goal that he scored against Portland or even that, that bike attempt, you know, in, in this last game. But one thing that he does well is, and it sounds pretty easy, but he makes the the simple play. He, he does the simple things, his first touch, uh, a square pass, uh, a simple layoff. He does those simple things in a game well correctly every single time and, and yes he can still do those special plays but he does the simple play right every single time and there are so many players who can't do that because it, it sounds like it's easy but, but it's difficult especially when you're tired and, and you know you just made a 60 yard sprint and it's something that the Dan, like the Daniel goal last night it seemed oh it fell right to Daniel in the box he should easily slot that one in but Daniel just made a 70 yard sprint and then to calm yourself in that moment to do it. And Eric's been so good at, at doing the simple things correctly every single time. And I think that just goes into the fact that, that his technical ability and his, the class that he has as a player is, is on, is on a different level. Can I, I'm, I'm sorry, Dan, I add one more real quick thing and then I'll let you go on your, uh, one other thing I love about Eric is that he's also directing traffic out there. He's leading uh, you can just see what he, you can see him telling people what to do and exactly what he wants to do. And I'm, I don't know if we've seen anybody do that as much in the midfield since maybe Benny. Sorry, Nate, go ahead. Uh, actually, Jacob, I'm curious what you think of that, what, what Thad just said. Yeah, I mean, I think he does that. 
Uh, I think there are also a lot of other guys that, that do that. Um, it's easier from that, that center of the, the field to do it. Um, you know, Graham, when he, you know, used to play in there would do that. Graham still does that, but as a right back, it's a little bit different. Roger does that. He's constantly talking to, to people, but I think Eric, he, he might be a little bit more demonstrative and, you know, he's pointing out things where Roger's constantly telling guys that Johnny, I know is doing that as well. Um, but it's good also to see that Eric, Eric's doing that. And it, again, it just shows that, that he's got that high soccer IQ. I feel like that's one of those terms that's kind of overused and it's kind of cliche, but um, he does. And, and he's, he's directing traffic and, and he's, he's finding the soft spots. He's always trying to find the, the soft spot in the midfield. And, and I think that that's a really good thing, but I, I do think it, it's not just him. I think there are a lot of other guys on the team that, that also do that. He just might be more demonstrative in, in kind of how he's showing it. My feeling on that is that, um, one of the things that I've really loved about the eight years I've got to have the privilege of doing this job is that I get to go to training. And one of the things I've really learned about the game by watching it at the pro level is everybody uses their voice when you have a good team. Everybody's, I mean, the communication that you hear at a professional soccer is, is off the charts to me. They're always talking to each other. And I think the better the team you have, the more voices you have. And if you really think about the guys that have been playing in that position this year before Tommy got there are guys that maybe are still kind of learning that position as they grow. Right. So maybe they're not going to use their voice as loudly. So I think that's one of the reasons it stands out so much from Tommy. We know Roger talks, we know Graham talks, but we've seen that for a long time. We know Johnny does. You just plug in another guy who's, who's like that. And all of a sudden everybody's communications a little bit better just because there's another guy out there on the field who's, who's like that. And I think it's maybe been a little bit of a surprise too, because of what we talked about earlier, that he's just plopped right into this team. And some guys might walk into a new situation like that and be a little timid. Hey, I don't want to speak too loudly because I'm a new guy here. Clearly that's not Tommy. He's not afraid to say what he thinks. And, um, and I, so I think maybe that's part of the reason because, because what I was going to say, Thad, in a weird way, at least in every conversation I've had about the two new guys, I actually feel like William Magada is the underrated one of the two. Ironically, even though he's the one that's scoring the goals, every time we have a, a show prep meeting, we're talking about Tommy. We're talking about his leadership and, and rightfully so, because he's incredible. But I actually feel like there's, you kind of made a little throwaway comment there about how goal scoring kind of comes and goes. So maybe a goddess having this great run where he scored five goals in three games, but he might go the next five games and not score. And I agree with you on that, but I think that a God brings a lot more to the table than just that. Number one, he brings an attitude that's very different from Tommy's that I think is equally as important for this team, especially a team that's gone through so much hardship this year. The dude's just happy. You know, he's just, he, he's a, Andy Reid always talks about energy givers. He wants energy givers on his team and there's different types of energy givers. Eric Tommy's an energy giver, but he's serious with his energy, right? A God is the one that goes over and jumps in Peter Vermees arms and tries to choke his manager whenever. And that just kind of lightens the mood a little bit. You know, he is giving this positive. He's just so freaking happy to be here. And I think that, you know, when you're on a team, it's just human nature. If you've been playing here for a while and your team's struggling 
to, to, to kind of forget how special of a place this is not completely forget, but if you know what I mean, you know, you start to take it for granted, you get more focused on all the bad stuff that's happening. Then you have a guy that shows up from Nigeria. That's like, this is the greatest place on earth. <laughs> and he's reminding everybody of how wonderful it is. It kind of hit. Oh yeah. You know what? This is a pretty cool place. And everybody's energy level comes up. I think he also, that dude is, even if he goes five games without scoring a goal, I'll tell you one thing he ain't doing. He ain't going a single game without a shot. You know, if he's playing 70 minutes, he's getting three shots off because he's going to do whatever he can to get on the end of every cross that gets put into the box. He's going to make every run that he possibly can. And he's pretty clever about his runs too, by the way, he sets guys up with the runs that he makes. And the more he does that, the more his teammates are going to see him. He, I don't know how clinical of a finisher he is yet. And you probably have to see him play for a long time before we really know, but He's going to get chances every game. And the other thing he's going to do is he's going to do everything he possibly can to, to control the ball and hold it up in the midfield when the team plays it up to him. And he's going to wear the hell out of those two center backs, right? Those guys are exhausted by the end of the game playing against him. And you could see those two young guys yesterday. They fouled him early in the game because they knew going into it, we got to watch this guy. They already know they've watched the film on him. And so for me, um, Yes, Tommy is all the things we said, but I think Agata has brought a lot more than just the five goals, which is credible right there. And I think um, that part, for whatever reason, and maybe this is a compliment to the soccer IQ of people in Kansas City, that they're not just talking about the guy that's scoring all the goals. Mm -hmm. um, but in a weird way, and I don't know if you guys agree with me, it's almost like we're talking so much about Tommy that we're, we're saying, well, and a God has been great too. And I think it's like, I think he's been right there in terms of what has this team missed all year long. It's in, and, and, uh, and he's been a huge part of it. We mentioned looking yeah. forward to next year. And when I think about starting Alan Polito for 75 minutes, 78 minutes, and having that style of play and wearing them down in that way, and then bringing in Willie Agata off the bench for the last 10 minutes of a game. That just, that just seems like a, a lethal combination that I'm pretty excited for. Thad, you were about to say uh, something. Go ahead, Thad. Got something. No, go ahead, Jake. Just going to kind of piggyback uh, on, uh, on what uh, Nate was talking about with, with Willie. And, Cody, I think I heard you say it. Uh, this, I think this was two probably podcasts ago with uh before he had that brace against portland is you know how how good of a finisher is he right is, is he you know is he clinical is he is he alan plato who's I got labeled, finishing uh, is i got labeled an agata hater for that take <laughs> for wondering but okay anyway. well, uh, no i i i don't think that that's that's a a, a bad take uh, i think it, it's reasonable to to ask that question and because he's not clinical in, in the sense of of Alan Polito or in you know a guy like uh, Wondolowski, Chris Wondolowski or or Joseph Martinez. Now we're talking about you know the best finishers in, in MLS history there. Right. But what I think is promising with Willie Gata is he's 22, right? He, he turns 23 here in, in a month or so, I think. But he's young. And that type of of just being clinical in the box comes later on in in your career. It's Very after true. you get 
you know, a thousand reps. And after you, you, you know, can, uh, can spend time in, in training, working on all sorts of finishes, whether it's, you know, cross from the right, crosses from the left, finishing with your left foot on the run, on your right foot, you know, there are so many things. And even in the game last night, and, and I actually think that that might've been Willie's, I wouldn't say that he was bad, but probably it was his, his least productive game uh, since he's been in the starting lineup. Um, but he still caused problems and he still caused uh, those center backs for San Jose to, to work. And he had a couple of chances and he wasn't clinical with those. And that's okay. I think if, if you're a 22 year old forward, like I, I was never a clinical forward ever in my career, but I was so much better when I was 30 than when I was 22 and, and it wasn't even close. And, and I think that that's something that, you know, you talk about expected goals and I know never, everybody's not always, you know, people don't always love the, the expected goals that, and, and I get that. But a lot of it, when you look at number nines, especially young number nines is what, what's that expected goals number at? Is it, you know, per 90 minutes, is it above 0.3 per 90 minutes? And that means you're basically going to score one goal every game. That's what you're expecting to score. And Willie's is in the point fours when he was over in, in Israel. And maybe it didn't mean that he's scoring a goal every, every other game, but it means that he's putting himself in the position to score. And, and as a young player, that's what you want. That's the most important thing is to get in that spot. And we can see he's not a bad finisher. There's no doubt. I mean, he's had some, some really good goals um, in those five, especially in that Portland game, but that's only going to get better. And the more reps that he gets, um, he, he's, his ceiling is so high. So I, it's going to be, it will be interesting with, with Allen coming back because I think Allen healthy is one of the best forwards in major league soccer. So it, it's, it's going to be tough to, to find minutes for Willie, but man, he, he is, he is really I think, hit the ground running here in, in Casey. That was really great insight into the Sporting Kansas City scouting department there about, you know, it, just finding a young player, the analytics that you're looking at and, and, you know, just looking for a young player that gets himself in the right position. And that's something that we haven't, uh, that's a part of talking to you that we haven't really nurtured very much of. We need to poke that more with you in the future. But before we get out of here, Nate, we got to talk a little bit about Jesse Marsh. I want to hear, I want to hear your thoughts on Jesse Marsh so far this season and Leeds United States and Aronson. And that's, it's just so much fun. I'm having so much fun every weekend. And I love that he's just inserting himself right into like the center of premier league battles. It's so much fun. Yeah. I, I was disappointed obviously with the result this past weekend. Um, But I'm, you know, I've been an Arsenal fan for over 20 years, so I'll always cheer for those guys, but I find myself as excited to watch the Leeds United games as anything else in the league right now. And there's just so many reasons, right? I mean, if you're a fan of MLS, as we all are, you got four guys out there that have MLS pedigrees that, that are playing, not just playing, but playing like crucially important roles for a team that, that seems to be actually also drawing the respect of the people in England, you know, who let's be honest, they haven't had much respect for, for very many Americans. And especially, I mean, the coaching part of it with Jesse Marsh, I like the fact that he's, I've, I've felt for some time that, um, 
we as Americans need to, it's, it's always been a tough balance, I think, of keeping our Americanism, um, but also becoming a part of the global soccer community, right? Because like the early days of MLS, it was, well, we got to Amer- completely Americanize soccer or else Americans will never like it. And that wasn't the right path, right? Um, then it was almost like all the way to the other side. Let's just do everything we can to pretend we're European, You're you know? Good. And if, if I see one more FC come into MLS, I'm just going to lose my mind. It's like Jacob listening to me talk about my game winning assist in the media game the other day, which uh, I ridiculous. just again. By the way, and it's, 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 it's ML, it's MLS, it's MLS soccer, you know, but there is, there is a point where a, a huge part of the legitimacy of this league has been us joining the world you know like hey we are a part of this but then then it's okay finding what's our niche you know what's because the thing i love so much about the sport of soccer is that it is the global game and that everybody has their own ideas on how it should be played and some americans watch english soccer all the time and they think that's the way it should be announced. i mean we hear it about announcers right supposed to call it like the english guys do or what about the way the spanish language broadcasters call a game completely different you know a completely different set of ideas on how the game should be and so i think it's okay for us to have our own attitudes and ideas and what are americans a little obnoxiously brash and cocky sometimes right we got that can-do spirit that we think we can do things sometimes that we're you know that maybe we're out over our skis a little bit we maybe brag about our assist in the in the media game a little more than we should you know and and um we got the big belt buckles and we have and but we express ourselves and we also are completely diverse right we're not monolithic in this country tyler adams aronson you know and and jesse marsh all come from different situations um and i like that jesse seems to be kind of leaning into that brash American attitude right now. Like you guys don't like me. So what get used to it. I'm here, you know, yeah, has and always been like this or has, is he truly leaning into that? Cause I've never, you know, I've, I've known he's had a personality, but it's yeah. like, he really is leaning into this. Like, Oh, they want me to be this American guy. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be spiking water bottles. <laughs> well, hey, you know, from, but, uh, go ahead. Jay, let me jump in and answer playing against Jesse. He's always been like this. Yeah, okay. He's always okay. been like that. That's what I was I was just going to say. Jacob's got to give us insight because I don't know him. J- you do. Tell us about him, man. Well, I mean, he's just one of those guys that you hated to play against. Absolutely yeah. would talk trash all game long, would kick you off the ball. I mean, exa- he, it's why he was a good player. And, and it's why he's a good coach, too, is because he's going to outwork you and, and he's going to make – you know, your game or, or whether you're uh, the other coach, you know, game planning for you, he's going to be prepared. There's no doubt about that. He's going to make your life miserable. And I think that's why his teams kind of reflect his attitude. And I think those are the best managers, right? That where their teams reflect the attitude of the manager. And, you know, I, I can't sit here and say that I've watched Leeds very much this year, but uh, I think from, from everything I've seen, you know, they're, they're kind of reflecting, who Jesse Marsh was as a player and who he is as a person. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm having fun watching Leeds. I don't like have any team. I don't buy into any specific team in Europe, but I just watch whichever ones have players I like. And right now major lead soccer is the one I'm following. They're, they're fun to watch too. I mean, they play that style, you know, they're, they're pressing up the field. They, they didn't play very well this weekend. No. Um, 
and that was kind of disappointing to see. But 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 the the I don't think they're going to play very many boring games. They might have some, or because of that style, they get carved open, especially when they play against some of the better teams. Um, but they're not going to play boring games. And the thing I like about it is they're not going to be uh, passive passive observers to their own fate. You know, they're going to go out and they're going to have something to say about the outcome of their games. And I think their fans are going to like that. And I just really hope they have a good, solid season, stay out of the relegation zone. And if they do that, I think they can build. You know, they can build and, and get better and better. And bring in more Americans. Yeah, of course. All right. Nate Buchady and Jacob Peterson, thank you very much for hanging out with us. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be bothering you again. Cody? Anytime. It, it, was, uh, it was awesome to make a connection with you again. No connection will ever be as strong as the one that we had in that, uh, in that Friday KC Current Media game. But this was a Just pretty admitted, good connection. There was a shared well. love there. Shared moment oh, yeah. of love is how Cody described it. So no, I, you I, guys I, I, have that bond he, now. He, he quoted me. I, I went up to him after the game. He said, I, I, I saw you lock eyes with me. I said, dude, we, we, we temporarily made love on the field. I mean, that's what that was. You yeah, know? That's what the beautiful game is all Magic. about. Magic. Yeah.